today, I'd like to share with you on the topic, Christmas routines. What did I say? Father, thank you so much. You are, you are amazing. You're so good to us. You have brought through 2022 thus far. You have brought us to this point on this Sabbath day where we can, as families, just come together and worship. You have heard our praying. You have listened, Father, to our singing. Father, you received our giving with gladness. And now, Father, as we, as we turn to your words, we just want to say we need you more than ever. I pray, Father, that you poured your Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us today. May we hear your voice speaking to each of us and corporately. Father, I pray that as you, as you help us to understand your word, that we would be drawn, drawn closer to you. And at the end of it all, Father, our desire is that you get all the praise, the honor, and the glory. I submit all that I am into your hands. Speak to me and through me. May we be edified, but may we all be changed in the process. For, for we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn your attention to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verse 21. Matthew chapter 1. I'm welcoming all those who are here in the sanctuary today and those who are joining us online. Matthew chapter what? One. Now I'll be reading verse 21. I'm going to start from verse 20. But while he thought about these things, the Bible says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from. Their what? Their sins. 
Each time I read this text, I am struck by the, struck by the, 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 the weight and the gravity of the mission of Jesus Christ. The text is saying, Jesus has decided to come into this world with a purpose. His purpose is to save people from sin. Amen? Uh, that's Bible. Sin uh, comes in various forms. There's the acts of sin, of course, when we do things that are completely against the God of heaven and his will for us. But you see, sin is also a power. It's, did you hear me, folk? It is also a power. That we have nothing within life as human beings to overcome. Sin is also a sentence. The truth is, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is what? And in fact, that's an eternal death. When you think about the weight of sin upon humanity, it is a heavy weight. Jesus decided to come. He said, my purpose is to save people from sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can testify, folk, of the power of Jesus. I can see him working in my life. There are so many things that were so natural to me that are not natural anymore. Hallelujah. And I'm sure you can testify too. Only Jesus can accomplish that in someone's life. And I tell you what, I still have ways to go. I still have things to conquer, right? And he's right there working with me. And I can see growth. Jesus is the only being that can bring about changes within a person's life that will ultimately guarantee that person eternity. When the Bible thinks of a person who lives life without God, the Bible considers such a person as a fool. And all, all God is saying is this, when a person dies without God, all he's saying is this, all the person would be left with is unbelief. Can you imagine that? They can't take their money with them, right? The money can't do nothing for them when they're dead. The families can't do anything for them when they're six feet under. Isn't that true? The only thing for the rest of eternity that such a person will have in their possession is what they died with, and that's unbelief. If they choose to live life without God. But for the person who chose to accept this foolish idea, Paul calls it 
Paul says the, the, the Corinthians thought of it as foolishness. The foolish idea of accepting Jesus Christ as their personal savior from sin. Guess what happened? When that person sleeps, they sleep in Jesus. Which means they have something tangible. Are you with me? It's the greatest uh, possession they could have in death. That Jesus is coming back again one day and will raise them to life forevermore. And when he raises them to life, he's raising them to a life where there will be no more in existence the presence of sin. Are you with me? Anybody want to live in such a life where there's no sin whatsoever? That is exactly what Jesus promises to the believer. Question is, as I step through this today, Christian routine, uh, Christmas routines, do you believe? That is the question. And my belief, when I say belief, belief in the Bible is, is not a sitting on a fence type of belief. It's a full commitment. Are you fully committed to Jesus Christ today? What could, you, what could be preventing you from fully committing to Jesus? Could it be a person? Could it be some things that you like? What is it that could be hampering a full, devoted lifestyle with Jesus Christ? This is what I believe affected the Jews during the coming of Jesus. You see, why did God have to work with wise men coming from the east? I mean, why didn't he just, just, just bring all the, the, the priests, the high priests, and all those people who were so devoted, they say, to God? Why did God work with shepherds and, and guided them to the location where Jesus was? Are you with me? Why didn't he go to the church folk and bring them, the ones who claimed to be the ones who profess the name of Jesus. Are you with me? The ones who were looking for the Mashiach. He didn't go to any of them. Well, he did. He, he, he did speak to, I should say, to, um, uh, is it Simeon? Did, did speak to Simeon. Simeon took the baby in his arms and blessed baby Jesus. Right? So what happened to the world who said they were looking for Jesus? Where were they? The Bible tells us where they were. Let's look at some of the, some of the things that the Bible say about the, the, the people then who claim to be looking for the Messiah. Turn with me in your Bibles. Uh, let's start with Luke. Luke 2, verse 1. Luke 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. 
Christmas routines. Luke 2 and verse 1. The Bible says here, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from what? Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be what? Should be registered. Registered. It's a census or a tax. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be what? Registered. Everyone to his own. What was happening here? People were taking care of their worldly commitments. Are you with me? Just like at the end of this year, we're now looking forward to taking care of our own taxes here, right? Are you with me? Some of you already started the process, maybe. But they were very content now with all of their worldly commitments. They all went to take care of business, but they weren't taking care of their number one business. Looking for the Messiah. You see, Christmas routines, I remember growing up. Christmas was, was a, the, 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 a verse, you know, a special time of the year where, as a community, we would look forward to do some stuff we would never do during the, during the year. I remember even in my home, my mother and my father and the siblings, we would all gather and there will be a good big cookout on Christmas Eve. I know some of you are planning on doing some of that sometime later on, right? Big cookout. And every Christmas morning, we would have the best breakfast you could have for the year. That breakfast was not a breakfast. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a full, full dinner for breakfast. Some foods you'll only eat probably once a year. <laughs> you know, we have something in Jamaica called top and bottom. Oh, man, you roast. You put that nice pudding and you, oh, let me just continue with the sermon here. <laughs> but Christmas routines, we look forward to it. And I tell you, every year like clockwork, we do the things necessary to make Christmas a wonderful time. Right? And I tell you, a lot of things we did had nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing to do with Jesus. Christmas night, we'll have a big fear and have lots of fun. We're certainly not thinking about him. And so today, so today you'll see during this time, People have all kinds of plans that have nothing to do with the birth of Christ. I mean, some spending that goes on during this time, for this particular day that's coming, all attention is focused on that kind of stuff, and less and less is focused on Jesus. All these routines I've done is simply to take any focus from him. And so while there in Jerusalem, 
people were all committed to their own pursuits. Making sure they take care of their taxes. But let's keep going. Because it doesn't stop there. Let's go back now to Matthew 2. Just watch me. Matthew 2. They should be looking for Jesus, right? But they're consumed with worldly things. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Let's read verses 3 to 5. Matthew chapter 2. The Bible says. Verse 3. When Herod the king heard this. He was troubled. The Bible says. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all by the way, he was troubled because who was coming? <laughs> a king, right? And he sees himself already as a king. All right. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, chief priests, and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. How did they know that? How did they know that Jesus should be born in Bethlehem? Because it was prophesied, right? In fact, for thus it is written by the by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will what? Shepherd. My, when Herod... Ask for, 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 for information. They were able to quote the Bible. Are you with me? They told Herod what he needed to hear. They knew the Bible. But they, won't, they weren't present where Jesus was. They, they knew the Bible so well. Quoting Bethlehem. But they weren't at Bethlehem. When he was born. Are you with me? I mean, these people should have been the, the folks who were right there when he was born. Because they knew the Bible so well. But none of them were. They were all consumed with all kinds of stuff. Yes, all kinds of religious things, but not knowing the Savior. Not having a deep and abiding relationship with God. They were willing to follow what they wanted to follow. You see, they were looking for a king, too. Someone to help them to break out of what? The Roman, the Roman bondage. Who is going to be born in a little town of Bethlehem? That, that can somehow help them. Are you with me? I, I, I went to Bethlehem. It's a little town outside of Jerusalem. I mean, the, the, the king should be born in Jerusalem, right? Not in a little town outside. That's not kingly. Are you with me? They were, they were filled with what they wanted to believe and practice, and they missed Mashiach. 
And today, they're still looking for him. They were in the routine of religion. And they were lacking the power of relationship. That's where they were. And they missed him. Jesus, I mean, think about it. They should have been the first people that should have known where he was, right? There we go. In Daniel chapter 9, God shared with the world before it happened when Jesus would be baptized. So it would be easy to look at that prophecy and determine for, for some level of idea when he would be born. Are you with me? So they had all of these prophecies. Can you imagine that? That all the prophecies pointing to Jesus coming. And they missed it. But there were wise men from the east who got it. Are you with me? Oh, my, my, it's right there. The, 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 the Jewish people, they were stuck in this routine that never worked well for them. And then the Bible said this. In John chapter 1, verse 11, he came unto his own, and his very own received him not. He came unto his what? Unto his own. And his own received him not. They missed Jesus. Stuck in the various routines of life. Lacking the relationship with God that was needed. And God is saying this. Christmas routines should never happen with last day's routines. Are you with me? Because that same Christ who came and was missed by the church is coming back again. The same Christ is coming back again. And God doesn't want anyone to be stuck in the routines of this world Living life as if God doesn't exist, but coming to church twice a year. And Christmas is one of them. God is saying, get stuck in the right routine of spirituality. And that's what I want to, I just want to end with this, because th th there's a Christmas routine that failed the Jews. But there's a routine that God wants us all to be a part of, and I want you to look at it. I want you to look at what the world is facing right now. Jesus talked about it. 
Luke, Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. I'm going to read from verse 26 to verse 30. Luke what? Luke 17. The, the, the leaders and the people failed to recognize the coming of Jesus when he was born. And so now he says he's coming back again. And in Luke 17 and verse 26, the Bible says, And as it was in the days of what? So it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. So he's coming back again. And then he said, They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given into marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire. And brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed? So, my question is this What is wrong with eating? Anything wrong with eating? Oh, I see nothing wrong with eating, I can tell you that. It's a good thing. Anything wrong with drinking? <laughs> nothing wrong with drinking right let's look at some of these things that they said Jesus said uh, eating and drinking marriage is there anything wrong with marriage well depends on the type of marriage right in fact there's a really really there's only one marriage I mean the only reason why we know the word marriage is because it's from where from the bible from creation. You know, this is how the king ordered his world, right? And marriage is between a man and a woman. There's only one marriage in this world. You want to create another kind of marriage? That's on you. But the biblical marriage is between what? A man and a woman. Um, nothing wrong with it. It's good. Uh, God made it. Uh, what else? Um, so he said, building. I heard they yeah, drank. Uh, oh, buying and selling. Anything wrong with buying and selling? Nothing wrong with that, right? Planted. Nothing wrong with planted. We need food. And nothing wrong with what? Building. Right? House, we need somewhere to live. Jesus is saying, what is of utmost importance within the days right before he comes back? It's not necessarily all the big bangs, you name it, earthquakes and all these calamities. He's saying, look out for the routines. The routines can get you. 
You can get caught up in the routines of life, in working how many hours in the day, forgetting that God gave you breath and strength to work. Jesus is saying you can study for 48 hours straight. Okay, you can do that. You can go through school as if God doesn't even exist at all. And it's a routine because that's the way how you, you move up in life. It's a routine of life. And you get caught up into that routine and forget that there's a God. Are you with me? Jesus is saying, yes, there will be great stuff, big stuff, bad stuff that will happen in this world before he comes. But he says, do not forget the routine of life that is even more deadly. Have you ever heard the story of the frog in the pan? You know, you put a frog in a, in a, in a lukewarm water. In a pot on the stove. Frog loves that water. It's lukewarm. And he goes in and he's, he's okay. But then you crank it up just a little bit. And he feels it a little. But then he climatizes to the new heat, right? And as you turn it up, turn it up, he, kept, he keeps, you know, adjusting his body to the temperature, the increased temperature. Until the temperature re reaches boiling and he's done. There's only so much adjusting we can do in this life because it wasn't created for that. The routines of life can get us. Are you with me? We get so trapped in doing things and we have no time for the Almighty. None. No time for prayer. No time for Bible study. Bible study is foolishness. Are you with me? No time to do anything for God. I mean, come to church, be involved in church, but never once lift a finger. You're, it's like life is okay in just coming and not doing. And you know what Jesus said? Pastor Wintley brought this out to my attention. Um, not that I didn't know about it now. But man, I, I was just touched by it when he mentioned that text when Jesus said, if you have done it unto the least of these, it's as if you have done it to. It's as if you, you have blessed me physically, Jesus said. Can you imagine that? You know, we, we praise God, Sister Grace here in the temple. And we, we do so many things on Sabbath to bless his name. But Jesus is saying, listen, you can actually affect me Physically. Are you with me? Or whatever. You can, you, you can impact me by what you do to others. So when, you, when we bless others as a church, it's as if we're blessing Jesus personally. Think about that. So, so when, when the husbands think about their wives and, and, and they blesses them, you know, treat them, love them, and treat them so good. It's as if you're blessing Jesus. When the wives show so much respect for the husband. Are you with me? Husband is not perfect, you know. The wives are not perfect also, right? 
But when the wives treat the husbands with, with so much respect uh, and, just, and just take such good care of them, it's as if the wives are actually showing maximum respect and love to Jesus himself. Can you imagine that? Wonderful. Same thing with children. Same thing with our neighbors. Same thing with our schoolmates. Same thing in the workplace. God is saying, you know what? Be careful of the routines of life. You know, if we didn't have the Sabbath, I can guarantee you, many of us, including myself, would be working seven days a week. Taught the truth. We'll be just running and running and running and running, trying to make as many of the money as we can. Right? But you see, God is saying, listen, be careful. God is so amazing. He, he always steps in and kind of messes up the routines. Right? He said, listen, one-tenth of all you make, that belongs to me. He steps into our routines. Right? One day of the week, it belongs to me. Don't work on it. It's not going to benefit you. You know, as a pastor, I can tell you, I've counseled so many people about the Sabbath. When they work on the Sabbath to make more money, to offset whatever, it doesn't work. It doesn't really work. Stuff always comes and all that money that you work went somewhere else and more. The most blessed thing we could do as a church family and don't forget this, many of us keep the Sabbath, but we don't keep the preparation day. <laughs> In fact, it's so hard to keep the Sabbath without keeping the preparation day. You know, God made Friday for what? For preparation. So if you don't prepare for the Sabbath, you then run into the Sabbath with all kind of crazy stuff. So God said, listen, every Friday, you just gather your family before the sunset. Are you with me? You prepare, gather your family, and you worship God together as a family. Y'all, y'all, if you're not doing that, y'all try. And watch how God bless. If you're living alone, listen, every Friday, you make sure you take care of your stuff. And then before the sunset, matter of fact, watch the sunset. As you worship. Amen? Put aside everything and just watch the sun set on Sabbath in worship. What a blessed time. Begin the Sabbath right. God always jumps in and messes up our routines. He said, listen, don't eat everything you see. <laughs> right? There are, some, there are some things that are not fit for food. Are you with me? You eat some of that stuff, you're going to end up in a bad place. So here are some things not to eat, right? He's always stepping in because he loves us. Amen? He loves us so much. God loves you so much. He loves me so much. Boy, I tell you, um, I don't, we don't deserve it, by the way. But it's so much of a blessing to know that the God who created heaven and earth loves me, loves you. Wonderful. And Jesus is saying, 
I'm coming back. When I come back, I don't want to see my church like it was when I came before. Are you with me? I don't want to see the same thing where they were unaware of my coming. Where, where they had all the Bible text preached and they taught the Bible. But yet still they didn't know that I was right at the door. I, you would, I wonder if you see what the Bible is saying. You're saying, listen, people going to church and will miss out on Jesus because they're stuck in this routine of life where they're living life as if he does not exist. And he's saying this is, this is actually very critical. Eating and drinking and building and doing all kinds of stuff, good stuff, but forgetting that a relationship with, with me is even more than all of these. He said, listen, I'm coming. And I'm coming like a thief in the what? If you know a thief is going to come tonight at 2 a.m., where are you going to be? Huh? Where are you going to be? <laughs> Brother, maybe. Where are you going to be? Seriously, 2 o'clock, I'm coming to your house, the thief says. You'll be in the house? Watching, right? Yeah, I'm like him. I'll say, come. <laughs> right? Because guess what? I won't be in my bed sleeping at 2 a.m. I can tell you that. I won't be sleeping, right? Where will I be? I'll be ready, watching. Isn't that true? Jesus is saying, listen, when I'm coming, you can't be stuck in the normal routines of life. You got to be ready. You can't be asleep. Yes, it's sleeping time at night, but you can't be asleep at sleep. Are you with me? He's trying to communicate something with humanity. He's trying to say, listen, you can't be like the, five, like the foolish virgins who missed out on the wedding. You, you get me? You, you got to be ready. You got to have all the oil that you can have and extra. That means you have to have a tight relationship with God. All right? You can't share it with your husband. You can't share that with your wife. You can't share it with your kids. For you personally, you have to have all the oil and extra ready in your relationship with God for his coming. That's what he's saying. You got to be ready. You can't be stuck in the routine. The foolish ones were. And when it was time for them to go in, they missed out. They missed out. He said, listen, some will be in the fields. Right? Two will be in the fields. In the fields. And in the field. And one will be saved and one will be lost. He's saying work is okay. That's what he's saying. They're in the fields. What are they doing in the fields? They're working. Working is fine. In fact, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Isn't that a Bible? So nothing is wrong. God created us to work. 
But if, all, if that is all our concentration, and if that is taking away time that can be so valuable to build in your relationship with God, you are stuck in a routine that can be deadly. Some people give everything over to work. As if work is what drives their lives completely. God is, and school. Are you with me? And school. God is saying, seek me first and the kingdom of, and all these things will be, will be granted unto you. So listen. In the days of Noah, they were watching Noah build the ark. Every day they saw it. Just routine in life. They kept doing what they were doing. And they kept watching him building the ark. Right? Hey, that's all right. That didn't bother Noah. Did it stop him at any moment? The fact that they weren't interested in what was happening? But they saw it. And the day came. Watch me. I'm ready. The day came when Noah was called into the ark. And the door was shut. No rain. No rain. The door was shut. No rain. The door was shut before there was any drizzle. And the people saw all of that. Door shut and everything. And they looked at it. And they kept carrying on their routines of life. Until the first what? The first speck. By the time they realized what was happening, and they now turn to the ark, it's too late. Too late. The problem with this message is that many people are looking forward to the coming of Jesus to see if it's really going to be for real before they make a decision. Are you with me? Jesus is saying, watch this. If you die today, stuck in your routines, that is my second coming. That is actually my second coming because there's no more decisions that could be made after that. Are you with me? No more decisions. You can't, we can't say, God, forgive me. Why? Because the door is shut upon death. And we don't know when that's going to happen. Your church family, are you listening to the pastor? So routine is so deadly, it makes we feel like we're fine and we're okay. And we have a future before us. That's what routine does. We have this grand future that we're striving after and life is okay right now. That's what routine does. And the fact is, when death strikes, everything is over. Immediately. Immediately. And Jesus knows that this is going on, so that's why he's, he's impressing the world that salvation is now. The decision you need to make for Christ need to be made now, not tomorrow, but now, not later on, but now. 
Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time to give everything to God. All of your life poured out to him right now. And secure your everlasting salvation. That even if death should come. Guess what? It's alright. I can go and sleep in Jesus. Rather than going and sleeping outside of Jesus. The enemy has filled this world with all kinds of things to keep people stuck in a routine where they live a life as if God doesn't exist, but yet still they feel they will guarantee heaven. doesn't work like that, friends. There's no man or no woman here today, listening online, that would like for any person to be in a relationship with them and treat them with lack of commitment. Who likes that? Who would like that? No one does. If you're going to be with me, it's only me. Isn't that true? If you're going to be with me, or if I'm going to be with her, my wife, it's going to be only her. And Jesus is saying, it cannot be me and the routines of this world. I come first. How do we break the spell? Jesus says, watch and pray. That's how we keep ready. And he also says, and I end with this, he also says, I can make you fishers of men. He said to watch, meaning, how do you watch? Make sure you keep in this word. This word has everything you need to flourish the spiritual life. Everything you need is here. If you don't spend time in this, spiritual life is not going to grow. You can get lots of excitement from this daily. He says pray. Pray. Spend time in prayer. Jesus did both while he was here. But then he said, listen, serve. I want to make you fishers of men. I can do that. I can help you to minister to your family members. I can actually help you to minister to your classmates, those who you work with, your neighbors. I, you don't know how to do it, right? You, you, you don't know how to do it, but I can actually help you to do it. So, so you become like me. And so therefore, uh, you know, Jesus, what did I have here? Uh, he said, yeah, I wrote this statement. He said, this is, this is how I want you to live. You are a disciple who happens to be an engineer. You are actually a disciple who happens to be a medical doctor. Are you with me? You are a disciple who happens to be a student. You're not a student who somehow happens to be a disciple. You are first mine. Are you with me? You belong to me. And I have blessed you with this skill or this trade and you can use it to win people for my kingdom. 
your family members for the kingdom. And so, therefore, put me first, he says. Don't forget me. And watch how I can bless your life. The message today is that Christmas routines are a fad. The routines that we need to have in life are the Jesus routines. Those will last forever, friends. In fact, the results of those are eternity. Watch, pray, serve, put God first in your life, and he will do amazing things for you. Do you believe it? There are some people here today who have never given their heart to Jesus Christ. Never. In fact, the Bible says those who believe and is baptized, right, will be saved. You're here today, you have never been baptized. You have never taken that step. You have expressed belief, maybe you have, but you have never taken that step ultimate step of being baptized for whatever reason but the truth is this guess who says it's important Jesus guess who guess who actually did it himself as an example he was baptized right and Jesus is saying a public expression of your faith is very much important for your salvation. Pastor Harris didn't say this. I remember when I was baptized, I said, I want to follow Jesus. That's what I want to do. And if he says this is what I should do and he did it, I'm going to do it myself. So there might be someone here today. You've never been baptized. However, you have a belief in Jesus. I want to share with you that next week, before we end the year, the baptismal pool is ready. Are you with me? And in this church, when you're baptized, you got to know that we will be helping you as a church family to grow in Christ. So maybe there's someone here who needs to make that decision. Right before you, there's a card in the pew. I'm going to invite you just to take that card before you. Feel free. Fill that out. Turn it into me or one of the elders. Speak to me at the door if you'd like. I'll be more than happy to help you on the way. You might be here today and you sense that there's some level of routine in your life that are not good. They're keeping you away from God. You might sense that there's some level of routine in your life where you put before God. God is saying today, the opportunity is for all to make that correction now. Amen? And he's able and he's capable to help any one of us to realign our life with his routines. Anyone would like him to do that for us today? Is there anyone who would like to say, God, I need you more than ever. 
want to invite you just to stand if you'd like. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need your forgiveness. But beyond your forgiveness, I need your help. Because there are some routines that I'm stuck into right now that I need your help to change. Help me to put you first. Praise God. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. And let's ask the Lord to bless us. Father, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sending Jesus. To be born as a baby. With a life that is filled with an eternal purpose. And that is to bring forgiveness from sins. A purpose to bring power to overcome sins. And a hope to guarantee an eternal life to everyone who believes. So Father, there are people here who are making decisions right now. You're listening to them. I pray that you receive. Receive, Father, each and every person and their desires to live in your routine, to live in a life of, of, of prayer and Bible study and, and service, to grow their relationship with you so that they may be able to see Jesus when he comes back again. I pray, Lord, that you'll seal every decision made here today for now and the rest of eternity. And we thank you in the name of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Let the church of the living God say, Amen.